Whether you are a startup or an established entrepreneur, nothing communicates your company's message better than brilliant branding. With over 25 years in the business and over 250 companies named, expert Phil Davis and his team at Tungsten Branding will enlighten, brighten, and illuminate your mind so your brand will shine. Get ready to flip the switch and spark your imagination. Welcome to Brilliant Branding with host Phil Davis and Liz Heemstrom. Welcome, Branding fans. We are here for another exciting episode of Brilliant Branding. Liz will not be joining us today as she is in flight, but we have Jesse, our intern. Say hi, Jesse. Hey, guys. He's our international flavor. So, already I had a couple of ladies ask about you, Jesse. I'll just be honest. Yeah, I'm a London based, if anyone's wondering. Yeah, London based, <laughs> yes. It's hard to compete with that accent with my Michigan accent, you know, but um, we'll do it. So, uh, today's show, we're going to be talking about something which is the ba- a very basic question we get asked a lot is why should businesses brand um, or does professional branding ensure a successful startup? Um, more and more now, Companies are calling and saying, I'm having trouble coming up with our brand identity or coming up with our brand messaging or brand marketing. And they're questioning, and probably if, if you're out there at some point in the career of your business or if you've run a business, you thought, at what point do I need professional help? And is it worth it? Is it really worth it? Or is it just smoke and mirrors? You know, Is it just window dressing and it doesn't really do anything? So we're going to be talking today about the benefits of, of branding, whether it's you know just good branding practices that you do yourself or whether you enlist the services of a professional branding firm. Are there benefits? What are those benefits? And then we're going to talk to a live guinea pig, somebody that we experimented on in our Tungsten Labs, a client of ours that we're so excited to have on, Jeff Burnett from Triple 20, and hear directly from his experience what it was like, what led him to want to brand his uh, consultancy and why he felt compelled to hire us and kind of what his mindset was. And that should hopefully shed some insight and answer some questions about whether it's beneficial or not. We're going to start by uh, recapping some little interesting tidbits, some figures about branding and some studies that have been done to kind of show the effects that branding has on the average consumer. Uh, in a study that was published a few years back on why businesses should brand, they found that the company that had a well-branded image, something that really stood out, was differentiated from their competitors, on average was able to charge a 7% higher pricing premium. And Jesse, that's interesting. Jesse's a business major. The reason that's interesting is, and you've probably heard this in your classes, that on average, after you pay all of your expenses, and if you're a business owner out there, you know this, a lot of times all that's left in the till at the end of the day is a few percentage points, correct? Yeah. I mean, it, it varies from business to business. I've heard in the grocery business, the average return, if they're doing really well, is 5%. Yeah. And I think on in regards to that, that point there, it shows that branding is important because – you hear you hear a lot of the time that people pay pay a price for certain brands. Um, and you tend to pay higher than you think that you need to. So, for example, if you want to buy um, a Mercedes car versus a Nissan car, right? The cars virtually do the same thing, have the same technology, 
Um, but you're paying a lot more just because you're paying for Mercedes. Right, right. And, and the prestige associated yeah. with it. Yeah. Right. So the brand is worth it. Also, it translates not only that, that 7% higher premium pricing also translates into a 35% greater market capitalization because that's a multiplier. Yeah. You're making 7% more. And that 7%, again, is, is huge to most businesses. That premium is where the money is. You know, you're doing all this work to break even. Let's say you make an extra 3 or 4% profit or 5% profit, and all of a sudden you add a 7% premium on that because you're, you're branded. And the point of branding is, is this, and this is what we talk to clients about a lot, is without a brand, without this sense of differentiation, remember branding is owning a position in the mind of the consumer. I'm buying you not because of what you're selling, because of what you will bring to me. You're gonna, you promise me Volvo. I, I'm buying you because I think I'm gonna be safe. Mercedes, yes. I think I'm gonna have prestige. There's a premium, an emotional premium, some kind of premium in there, and people are willing to pay more for that. And that offers that additional um, uh, profit margin that a lot of companies strive for. And without it, well, what you think is a company, a lot of times is just a product cycle or a commodity. And I see this again and again, people that go into business thinking they have a brand and all they really have is just a current product cycle. There is a, a set of companies, Jesse, when I was in Tampa and I had my ad agency and it was like waterbed world or something. And it was just waterbed world. And they really thought they had a brand and they were major advertisers. I don't know if you remember this, if you're in the Tampa market, if somebody listening in the Tampa market, waterbeds were it. This is a, probably mid 90s. I met the guy who ran this, probably had, I, I think, a dozen stores, really. I mean, that's a lot of stores. And they were selling these things massively. Um, but because it really wasn't a brand, it wasn't about sleep, it wasn't about comfort, it wasn't about, you know, uh, having a good night's rest, about doing better at work the next day. You know, they could have transitioned to airbeds and then this and that. And no, it was waterbeds. And they named it Waterbed World, I believe. And uh, they ended up going out of business when the when the product went out of business. Waterbed suddenly became obsolete. The other one you notice is about the same time. This is so nineties. Is here in the states, roller rollerblades. Yeah. Everybody was. I think that they suddenly become unsafe. Same thing with waterbeds. My wife and I had bought one, and it had all these cushions in it and everything. And all of a sudden, they just weren't in vogue. You went back. It went from that. We, the last time we finally tried to order something, we couldn't hardly find a waterbed even on Amazon. I mean, on Amazon, of all places, it was hard to find a waterbed. Right. I thought, it, what, they're filled with poison now? Or I mean, is there something that I don't know? Is yeah. a plastic uh, attack your skin? That's crazy. But just to bounce off what you just said, um, what you find as well is that the brand tends to outlive the product. Bingo. That's it. Which is an important thing to remember whether you're a business owner or you're trying to start up a new brand um, or company. Um, your brand, like you kind of alluded to earlier, is all about establishing promise and creating. Um, that's the way you create and retain customers. You, you, you retain loyal customers because you have a promise in place. It's not just regardless of whatever product or service you have out there, people know that people know what they're going to get. Yes, exactly. So that's how you can also continue to grow because people aren't just worried about, uh, like for example, there's people out there who continue to buy PlayStation consoles, regardless of whether 
the last PlayStation was worse right. than the Xbox. Right. Because they just love PlayStation. They love that, that brand. The brand. Yeah. Um, they love Sony and everything that comes with being Sony. Or even the iPhone, for example. There's a lot of people out there who believe iPhones are not as um, adept as Android phones. Or, uh, yeah, as robust anymore or responsive. They're not maybe as leading edge as they used to be. Yeah. But just because the brand Apple has built such a such power in, in, in the uh, electronics industry, people just cling on to the it. The loyalty to it and the loyalty to the entire ecosystem. Like, sure, I'll give up this one phone, but then I'm out of the loop on everything else. They've, yeah. they've got so many other parts of my life. You know, going back to the uh, the waterbed scenario, what if that person early on had called it, let's just say, and it's not about just the name, it's the positioning. Um, and this is what branding is. It's owning a position in your mind. If they'd called that uh, supreme dream, you know, uh, luxury bedding, you know, then, you know, what is the new airsoft ones where they're adjustable beds and, and craftmatic beds and um, all the latex ones they've come out with now, and all the Tempur-Pedic beds. You could have easily transitioned from water beds to continuing to give people the ultimate comfort that they want when they sleep. So maybe that business would just continue to own. Imagine if you got a piece of the action for every every bed in the entire Tampa Bay market. They might have spread to Orlando and then to Naples and then but instead they're just they're just out of business mm -hmm. because they product identified and they thought they had it and at the time they were making bank. I mean running ads like crazy. All these advertising agencies like myself were after them to try to get a piece of the business and be their their advertising agency. Mm -hmm. So we're talking today about why should you brand, and I think you said it in a very eloquent way, is that when your attribute, when you're aligned with a benefit, that your that benefit will always transcend the current product. Yeah. Right. So uh, Apple was selling the iPod, and now the iPod basically is inside the phone. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So if they had built their entire business and they called it iPod USA. They'd be dead. They'd really. be dead. Yeah. You know? That's actually so true. Yeah. Yeah. But well, we don't even notice it, do you? Just kind of like, what happened to the iPod? I'm not actually sure. Do they sell them anymore? I don't know. I remember when the iPod came it out. It was the hottest thing. Yeah. And now, virtually, your phone does everything. Yeah. They kind of yeah. killed their own market. <laughs> yeah. But they just but again, stayed with no one, it. No one really notices. No one's really complaining about where the iPod is. So. so I get people sometimes saying, uh, you know, well, you know, we're thinking of, you know, using you guys. And I know we just, you know, our name doesn't mean anything. And no one knows what we do and everything. I just don't know if it's worth 10 or 12, 15 grand to go through an exploration process and examine what it would be and come up with a new name and maybe come up with logo design and everything. Though, to me, those are such the mechanical parts of it. The, the bigger question people are missing is, what do you want to stand for that will transcend time? And do you want to build a company that will have lasting value? Or do you want to just hide behind these three initials and consulting or whatever it is, your product name plus the city name, and just kind of, kind of eek by? Maybe even you're doing well, only to find out that in six months, eight months, a year, three years, five years, something changes in your business, and it always will. A competitor comes in, um, somebody opens up another something in another town, and all of a sudden you're stuck with an identity that doesn't allow you to pivot. You know, um, your Comp USA, your computers in the United States, and people don't think you sell TVs or they don't think you sell other electronics. So again and again we see that.
the other benefit that uh, that branding brings is it's your silent salesperson. And I think this is important because if you're the president of a company, how many times do you find yourself constantly preaching the gospel and saying, no, no, don't do that, don't do this? You know, I hear so many solopreneurs especially say, oh, I just almost have to do everything myself. You know, I'm constantly telling my employees, they're always coming to me and I say, no, 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 that's not how we do it. If you have a strong kind of ethos and a, and a, and a great b- culture, and a brand that stands for something, a lot of the questions that staff members bring to you become answered because they're obvious. It's obvious what you stand for and the name and the positioning that you've chosen. Um, So an example of that would be if you were a company Best Buy. I mean, it's kind of right there. We're trying to bring you the best stuff at a good, decent price. You know, Best Buy or a company Priceline that means their price line is all about giving you inexpensive. So if you're positioned around quality or service or price and it's evident in your name and it's evident in your branding, then your uh, staff members aren't confused all the time. Like, should we cut them a deal on this or should we hold to our guns or should we do this? Or And, and they're confused. But when you have a, a really strong brand, you go back to Mercedes, you don't sit there and as a Mercedes salesperson go, Maybe we should cut this guy a gigantic deal. Yeah, you'd go. No, these are Mercedes. People want these. And we're going to sell based on prestige and ownership. We're going to point to the features. We're going to point to the quality, the experience. Um, we might look at financing terms, but we're not going to sell this car on the cheap. That's not the position. Yeah. But in a lot of businesses where that's not clear, employees are confused because last week we were having a warehouse sale and then this week we're talking about how great our products are and next week we talk about our service so their brand is unclear and therefore they're unclear and when they're unclear they come to you as the employer always looking for direction yeah and that clarity also helps the um the the employers realize and and maintain who their target audience is yes their target market is for example, Holiday Inn is not catering to people who come in complaining about why the rooms are so expensive versus right. um, uh, Super Six or, or <laughs> Motel Six or Motel yeah. Six or somewhere a bit uh, cheaper than that because they they have a particular target market and the 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 brand the position of of uh, Holiday Inn is one that you get your you get your breakfast in the morning. You have your nice rooms. It's, it's not over the top, but they, they have a particular position which is maintained and held by the by the power of the brand. Um, so that clarity helps in terms of who you're trying to go after. You're not going to lessen yourself to to cater to everyone and anyone. You're going to maintain that a certain standard. Yeah, that's right. Standard. You're not going to you're not going to warehouse it for super cheap. Yeah, and you're also not going to try to be the Ritz Carlton. You're not going to go out there and pull their luggage out for them and you yeah. know, groom their dog while they're there. Yeah. You're, you're holiday in. Exactly. And ultimately, people, those customers will, will find you. So we're talking today about why should a business brand, it gives um, a higher pricing premium because you stand for something as opposed to nothing. Your market cap, if you're bigger, sometimes goes up as a result of that. It's your silent salesperson. It's always telling people what you stand for. And that's instructive both to your outside consumer and also to internally, and this gets overlooked to your staff. 
we know why we're here because we do this. It's very evident in our brand that that's what we stand for, and that will help reduce the kind of drag load on your on your on your own on your own brain space of constantly directing people. Um, if you ever go to sell the company it, and it has a legacy name on it, that's problematic. Uh, first of all, it doesn't stand for anything, and now it's got your name on it, and you're going to sell it to somebody else, and you're not going to be there. Um, so having a brand makes it more portable for somebody else to come along and grab that brand and take it with them without raising all these questions like what's happened, you know, who's the owner now, Where's the, where did the f- former owner go? So we're going to be talking more examples about the benefits of small business branding, and we're going to hear it directly from the proverbial horse's mouth here when we come back with Jeff Burnett from Triple 20, who went through the entire branding process with us, and he'll be able to speak to hopefully the good uh, and all of it as we return to talk more about brilliant branding. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your brand is your story. And getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're Tungsten, and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image? Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation and implementation. Our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage. Visit us at tungstenbranding.com for your free quote. That's tungstenbranding.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Brilliant Branding. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at tungstenbranding.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Brilliant Branding here with Phil Davis. I've got Jesse with me, our intern uh, extraordinaire. And next, we have the great pleasure of having an actual client that's been through the entire branding process with us, 
And the, the reason I'm so excited today is probably 40% of our business are people that are starting a business and they're just wondering, what the heck should I do? They're going through all kinds of thought processes and they want to either start a consultancy or any kind of business startup and they have tons of questions. And so I thought, well, rather than pontificate about what should be done, we would bring someone on and I thought there'd be nobody better than Jeff Burnett. Um, and so we're going to be talking to Jeff and hearing his words. So we're going to introduce him now. So say hello. Are you there, there Jeff? Hey, Phil, how are you? Hey, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, doing well. Thanks for uh, having me on. Certainly. So I'm so excited because um, we hit it off right from the beginning. Entrepreneurial minds uh, tend to think alike, and we had great fun going through this process of coming up with a brand identity for you. But before we jump in, why don't you tell everybody for the benefit of our audience so they can kind of self-identify with you, kind of where you were at in your, your career, what you were looking to do, and what brought you to this point? What prompted you to think, I want to get in business, and, and secondly, if I'm going to get in business, what should I call myself, how should I name myself, and what, what kind of got you thinking about you, why you needed a brand? Yeah, you know, it's the first time I bootstrapped a, a company, uh, I was in an incubator, and this was back in uh, 2009, and you know, there are a lot of small companies in there, and so what was interesting to me is you get all these people in there to help you with your business, your lawyers and their you know, accountants and Nobody was coming through and telling these other companies how to sell, you know. And so I thought, okay, someday I'm going to do that because you know startups they don't you know they could be brilliant technologists, but they don't know how to get the product going. And so I was like, okay, there's there's an opportunity to work with those types of companies, and I've always been interested in that. And so you know I've had a, a day job, but you know I've been doing things on the side. And finally I was like, okay, well I'm going to sort of get a little more real with this, and so. I, taught, I got a hold of you, and the way I, I came to you is I started looking for uh, a brand experts, and I stumbled on your website, and I said, all right, if Tungsten is going to do this for their business, then that's clearly what I need done for mine. And I, you and I got started, we hadn't even met, and you know, I just had a conversation with you and knew that this was the right thing to do. I think that when you're trying to build a startup, a pre-revenue or early revenue, you're trying to capture mindshare. And if you don't, so once you get one or two customers and you've proven the business model, you got to think about the brand. And that's exactly like you were talking about earlier on the show is the brand lives past the product. And you're going to live with this thing for a long time. So why start building something that isn't what you like? And so a lot of people just don't bother investing in the brand. And they try and rebrand later, which is a major pain in the tail. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like trying to be, uh, you got to be penny, penny wise and pound foolish. So you just got to say, okay, I'm going to invest in the brand and then get going. And that's what I did. Right. So it's a little bit of a leap of faith, isn't it? Well, starting a business is a leap of faith. Yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> right. You know, some, uh, I think some of the hesitation when people like go through this process and they're trying to figure out, should I brand or not brand? Some of it is just indecision, you know, like uh, um, they're questioning their own business model and the hesitation to pull the trigger. Some of it is just, if I try this and it doesn't work, it means it doesn't work. So what, so what is it specifically that you found um, compelling about doing a brand versus just naming it after yourself or, or, or taking some of the easy routes out? 
You know, so many people just do the easy thing and say, I'm going to be, you know, XYZ company. And you don't think about the marketing aspects of that. Well, if you prove something, you know, if, you, if you make a mistake, it's, it's almost, it's a weight on your business. And so, I think a, a couple of podcasts ago, you talked about um, Big Earth, right? And how yes. they, they rebranded. Mm-hmm. And that stuck with mm-hmm. me because, I mean, that was a, a brilliant rebranding. So here's this company that has a kind of an industrial name sound, and they decided to rebrand themselves. And, you know, you, you sort of turn the, the name of the company from a sea anchor into a marketing tool. It's yeah. a big difference. Yeah. And so why, you know, sometimes you talk in the, on the podcast about if you tell someone the name of your brand, they're like, huh? They don't really get it. It's like, okay, now you got to explain the brand. It's like you yeah. want something that grabs the attention. And, and that makes yeah. a big difference when you're trying to spin up a company. You know, we, we sometimes, I used to always think that it's terrible if people under, don't get you. You know, that's terrible until there's a nuance in there. And, and I sometimes ask people, is your brand, when you introduce it, does it create a huh or a what? And a huh is that furrowed brow that goes, I don't get it, and it sounds convoluted. And, I, and it's the look like I don't get it, and I don't want to get it. <laughs> That's the person back, backing away from you in the elevator going, please don't tell me anymore. Um, and the what is, what? That's, that's interesting. Tell me more. So uh, a lot of times in the initial stages of branding, I'll have clients say, well, I really want something that – absolutely nails down what we do and I say well that'll be too functional too literate too literal so you want something that invites intrigue and I think your name in particular the one that you settled on and we'll get into this a little bit um does exactly that so kind of walk us through like when you first engaged with us what is it that you were really looking to do so you tell us a little bit more about the business and what particular angle of the business that you were trying to portray in your brand name well, and the goal was for me just to go in and, and help startups, founders, and whatnot, uh, you know, figure out how to get their business going in sales. And, and so I could put, you know, Burnett Consulting LLC or whatever the heck you want to do, and it doesn't have any impact. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, I got to get something that actually, you know, stands out in the crowd of thousands of people who are trying to do the same thing. And, and so if I'm not gonna, if I'm gonna advise somebody else to do that, I got to do it myself too. So, you know, I said, okay, fine, I'm, I'm going to go through and actually get a brand going. Because I've seen, you know, names of companies where you're like, God, what is the name of that thing? And, and so you don't want to have, you know, that's, a, that's, a, that's an impediment. It could be a positive, but it could be, that's an impediment. Right. You want to knock down the, the impediments if you're trying to grow a business. And so that's how I came to you and, and said, hey, look, this is what I'm looking to do. And I explained to you what the thought process was. And you came back with, I think, eight uh, different alternatives, and, and we we settled on two. We looked at them a little further, and I said, "Okay, we're going to pick one." And uh, Liz said, "I I move the process pretty long because I'm I'm pretty decisive." Well, pretty decisive, you know, yeah. One of the more decisive I, people we've had. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's. I think that you got to go into this kind of process, whether I'm dealing with a branding person or a content marketing person. You got to at some point say. This is outside of my expertise, and the reason mm-hmm. why I'm engaging this person is that it's in their expertise. So there again, it's a leap of faith, but you've got to say, hey, I'm, I'm hiring Tungsten because this is what they do. So tell me what to do. <laughs> you know? Right, and so right. That's sort of how I approached it, and that's, that, that's what I think is a key to success is you just got to say, hey, look, okay, I'm, I'm hiring a professional. 
and, and do what you got to do. So and the so, name, of we, we, yeah, the, go ahead. Not for you. Well, so the name we ended up with, we came down to a couple of them, and I think the two, give us the two that you the, like the most. You know, one of them was, uh, I think, Main Lever. Main Lever, right? yes. And, and the thought process of that was like, okay, it's sort of like the electricity motif, and it's like, okay, you're going to throw the switch on, on your sails and, and get it going. And that was good. Uh, pretty direct. Um, and then you brought up Triple uh, Twenty too. And the thought process there is, okay, if you're playing darts and you go for the bullseye, you get 50 points, right? And if you go for other strategies that are not so obvious, you get more points. So it's, it's about thinking about the business strategy in a different way. And that, to me, seemed pretty interesting. And, you know, I had this conversation with a guy two days ago, and he's like, oh, that's kind of a cool idea. And so yeah. compliments to you. Uh, it, it, it sort of fed into the same thing that you're talking about on your show, how it invites a conversation instead of stifles a conversation. Right. And, you know, so for those that are uninitiated, when you're playing darts, you know, everybody's kind of and, – and so what we're creating here with the brand was a metaphor, a metaphor for your business, which is that, you know, there's a couple of ways to approach sales, and, and, that's, your, and that's your wheelhouse. Now, you can just go throw darts at the board and hope you get a sale. Or you can use a strategy and just hope that it works. And it's like just randomly throwing darts. And you're just going to try to generally kind of shoot at the middle and hope, hope to God that you hit a bullseye. But what, unbeknownst to most people, there's a 20, a little rectangular 20, and there's a double 20, and then a triple 20. If you hit the triple 20, you get three times 20, which is 60 points. The bullseye is 50 points. And so if you ask the majority of people, if you were to throw a dart and you were to do your, hit your wildest goal, your dream, you know, to just win it all, what would you do? They'd say, well, like to get a bullseye. And that's almost a cliche, you know, bullseye. And imagine if we'd called you bullseye sales consulting. It would just sound thousands of them, thousands and pedestrian. Yeah. So we wanted to demonstrate, even in the name, what it is that you're so uh, competent at doing, which is, is there another angle? Is there another way to look at it where you could maximize your sales, where you could get your leverage even higher? And that is by hitting that box. But it takes a trained eye and a hand to hit it. So if you look a little off center and you target something that other people aren't looking at, and you throw it and you hit it with expertise, you won't get 50 points, you'll get 60 points, you know, which is substantially higher. And um, that became a metaphor for how you do business. Look at things differently, um, target what other people aren't targeting, look at things in a new way, and you can maximize your results in ways that, that supersede even what others think are home runs or bullseyes. Yeah, and, it's, and, and in dealing with you, it was sort of like, you know, if I go out and start working with a client, I'm asking them to have confidence in my expertise. And, and so in dealing with you, it required me to say, okay, right, I'm hiring an, an expert, and I'm going to kind of turn it over to him. And so it was a good experience that way as well. Because I'm, I'm not a branding expert. That's why, that's why I came to you guys. <laughs> yeah. So here's the beauty of that, too. So, so we started with this. We've got a metaphor, triple 20. We were able to get the exactmatching.com triple t with a two zero dot com triple 20 but here's where it got interesting we went to the design phase and we actually found footage of someone throwing not only into a triple 20 but throwing into the triple 20 three times wow. 
So, and it's a slow motion. So it just, and they say a picture is worth a thousand words. So now you have the name and this is the beauty of branding. And when it's done, when it's done well, is that you create not just a name, but a platform. And so all of a sudden you're not only telling the story, you're showing the story. And when I go on there, every time I'm so excited when I see that it's not only something that we name and then people go off and they don't execute well on it. But when I see those darts hitting, 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 it just makes you go, I want in on this. I don't know what this is, but this looks beautiful. It looks, and then it opens up the, the marketing lexicon. You talk about scoring, hitting, hitting your mark, you know, on point, targeting, you know, dart. Um, so you create a language that you've been able, I believe, to use throughout your copy. Why don't you speak to about how you've been able to now create some languaging and some messaging that 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 go beyond just the name itself. Oh yeah, it all it all feeds in because it's all about the strategy and and the sales and that's sales and marketing as well. It could be branding, so it all kind of feeds in together really nicely. And you know, you guys did a phenomenal job. And I think that a lot of times when I'm talking to startups, they're they're you know watching the cash flow because that's their startups. But right. the total investment for Getting you, you guys getting me up and running was not that not that much, and relatively, and it, you know it wasn't that much anyway. But you think, okay, over the life of the company, you're going to pay that sooner or later. You might as well pay it up front and get get going, as opposed to fighting that headwind down the road. And so, you know, the one piece of advice I think I would tell anybody with a startup is invest in the brand, invest in the the, the website, because that's that's your today's business card, right? And, and that's how you're going to drive business. And, and yeah. so you, you just got to bite the bullet and get going. Yeah. You know, I think what you're, what you're saying there, and, and we voice it in a little different way, is it's kind of like a drag coefficient, right? So when totally. you start off and you don't, you don't put that money up front, and a lot of times it's just because people are bootstrapped and, and it's, you know, there's, they're short on money. But what I hear you saying and what's been my experience is the cost that it takes to explain over and over again. So let's say you just went with Burnett Consulting or whatever, right? It, it, the you would it'd be a death by a thousand cuts every time. Well, we're not, what do you guys do? Are you accountants? No, we're not accountants. Okay, there's a lost opportunity. Well, what what are you then? Well, are, are you in advertising? No, and it's not advertising. We're in sales. Oh, you're in sales. What, what kind of sales? Well, what we try to do and what that whole dart represented in the triple twenty and the hitting the mark and the thinking outside the box and all that. You're going to have to verbally explain. The picture is worth a thousand words. So this mental picture of hitting the mark. And you must, you've said you've gotten a, a couple times where people went, oh, clever. Or it's almost a demonstration of what it is that you do. That is, that is and very. It gets the, converse, the conversation going. Exactly. It's, it, yeah. It, with, if you just have a, a boring name, there's no excitement. There's no, you know, interest. It's just kind of flat. And so you're, you're adding another headwind, which is, yes. which is like you said, the drag coefficient. And, you want to get that out of the way and actually have the momentum working for you instead of against you. Right, right, exactly. Now, here's where you can take it one step further. Imagine now you have a very targeted, no pun intended, list of, of sales perspectives and then prospects, and then you just send them this beautiful encased dart with absolutely no explanation, and you just mail that dart to that prospect. And they get that dart, and let's say there's a set of three, 
and you mail them like one week apart. And then at the fourth week, you call up and someone says, well, who's calling? And you say, the man with the darts. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's you where know, all of this. Because you can do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, who wouldn't answer that call versus, you know, this Burnett and Associates and um, I'm calling to see if so-and-so's in. You just go, the man, the man with the darts is calling. I, I heard that because exactly. I heard that that trick done before with people doing those kinds of things. And it creates such kind of like intrigue, like, Oh, I've got to know what this is about. And then the conversation would start off with what in the world got you in on this? I mean, how did you, you know, are you in a, are you a dart player or whatever? And you, you could just riff from there. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's also creative. I mean, so much of sales and marketing is creativity because there's so much noise out there and how yes. are you going to rise above the noise? And so this is a great way to do it. I was thoroughly pleased with what you guys did, by the way. Yeah. Well, this, I'm glad it's been working out. We're going to be talking more with Jeff on the uh, backside of the break here. It's basically the benefits of branding your small business. A lot of times people wonder, why is it worth spending the money up front? What does it do? And we're talking today about how it it reduces that drag coefficient, gets you to the conversation quicker, and keeps people interested and engaged. And Jeff's got more to share. We've got some other opportunities to talk about other similar projects here in just a few minutes. You've been listening to Brilliant Branding, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your brand is your story, and getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're Tungsten, and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image? Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation and implementation. Our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage. Visit us at tungstenbranding.com for your free quote. That's tungstenbranding.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Brilliant Branding. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. 
That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at tungstenbranding.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Brilliant Branding. We have as our guest today, Jeff Burnett from Triple 20, a client that we branded in the consultancy space. It's an area that we deal with quite a bit. And the reason we deal with this a lot, um, and Jeff, um, you know, take ex- please don't take exception to this, but <laughs> two of the areas that need branding more than anything else are people that are in the business services field because it, you, your brand is, is one of the few differentiators. It's your way in. That and perfumes, believe it or not. Um, when you think about perfumes, they are, they are what some people call just stinky water, right? And the thing that makes them different is who's associated with it. What's the story behind it? Who's the celebrity behind it? Who wears it? Um, it's all these intangibles around it that create the perfume that sells for $200 a bottle and the dime store stuff that sells for, you know, five bucks, um, but, a, you know, a cologne or perfume is perfume. It's what goes around it. And, you know, a lot of times, even in our business, Jeff, um, we, we, we suffer from a lot of what you do. Everybody gets real big on talking about their process. Like their process is unparalleled. No one in the world's ever thought of what they've thought of. And I think it's easy in consulting to get an overinflated sense that your proprietary process is different, groundbreaking, cancer, you know, curing process when what it really is it's your ability to differentiate and handhold and take people through it and to break through that clutter you've got to get people first of all to reach out to you and to make contact has that been your experience yeah yeah you do definitely and if you're running a startup you got to figure out okay who am i going to go after in terms of trying to get them interested and either you ultimately you got to reach out and contact them because they're not going to come to you and the the question of the, the the what you're driving at is you get a cold call or a cold email and something it's like this is what I do and it's like the brand sort of sets the tone in some ways it sets the tone in that you know so let's go back to it you know you know <laughs> so we were just in this pitch right and it was a large fortune 100 company and one of the things they said is, you know, what differentiates your company? Well, because we're tungsten, we would talk about where the wire and the light bulb, it's clarity. Our focus is on insight and illumination and, and taking an enlightened approach and all that. It allowed us to language things differently than what so many kind of legacy companies that just rely on a last name and consulting or advertising. And they have to rely on, well, it's all about our proprietary process. And they have to work mm-hmm. so hard to convince the potential buyer that they've got this incredible solution that nobody's ever, ever, ever thought of before. And in my experience and in talking with consultants, it's really difficult to create that level of differentiation in your product service offering. We like to believe that it is, you know, um, but it's a much easier if you can create differentiation in that I can hear in your brand and I can tell in what you say that you've thought this through and you've focused on something and it's very evident and that is what we need as an entry point and rather than just jumping in and just kind of trying to say we're all things to all people we do everything well our process is better and you start sounding just like everybody else absolutely and you know that's why i got into business with you guys i mean i I went and saw what you did and it all made sense. I said, okay, well, you know, if this is how they approach their business, that's what I want to help with my business. And so, 
you know, that, that's a, a proof in point right there. And so that's led, I know that we've had discussions since you've been on board, you started doing some blogging. So let's talk a little bit about Next Stage. So you've differentiated yourself. So I, I sometimes tell people that once you have your brand in place, when, if you think about the structure of a roof, a roof is basically a truss system, which is just interlocking two by fours. There's not one two by four that's particularly strong. But by engineering them and putting them at right angles and doing whatever engineers do, you create a roof that can hold a tremendous load of snow or this or that or the other thing. It basically protects your house the entire time you live in it. So it, it's not just enough to come up with the identity. That was the first part. But as you look at Triple 20 and, and how you address people and helping them with sales, you, I said the next thing to do is become a thought leader now. And in that thought leadership, as you begin to blog, you incorporate what we call a marketing language or lexicon. Have you been able to write in a way that continually underscores this idea of being on target, focused, thinking outside the box, hitting opportunities that other miss? Has that been able, have you felt some traction in that space? You know, I have. And I think that uh, some of the, the, the way I sort of approach the blogging is I sort of go back to my, the, the types of people I'm, I'm trying to and am working with. And that's, uh, you know, a lot of these times are small pre-revenue or early stage companies where they're brilliant technologists, but they don't know how to sell. And so I've been trying to kind of write things that help them think about sales. Because so I go back to the days when I was in the in the, that incubator and, you know, it's like they're just grasping at straws trying to get things going. And so it's trying to be a, a way to give value to those types of, of people and help them really start to think about their business and then uh, and help them myself if, if, if it comes to that. But if not, uh, at least provide something of value to that section of the market. And have you found some receptivity to that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of kind of turned out to be exactly what I had thought. I mean, I'm working with, the, for example, one guy who's um, started a company with some technology that came out of Johns Hopkins' Applied Physics Lab. And he's a brilliant guy, but he doesn't know how to how to get a sales and marketing effort stood up. And so I'm helping him with that. And, and you and I talked last week. I think that one of the things when he gets a couple more um, sales under his belt, I'm probably going to have him come to you and revisit the, the brand because I don't <laughs> think it's doing any any real favors for him. I think it's, you know, an interesting name, but it it doesn't promote the business the way it should. You know, it's interesting you say that. I read this really insightful article about these two technologies that were coming into market, and this is the kind of people you deal with, Jeff. It seems like you know the incubator, the people that are you know a lot of times genius level people, and one of them was doing something very basic, came up with an idea. Uh, the technology was kind of you know, rudimentary compared to what his competitor was doing. His competitor was trying to get it absolutely perfect, was trying to do, uh, create it before he released it. So it did everything. It had every feature. It had every capability. He was trying to take care of every bug, every flaw in it. And he waited and waited and waited. The first guy said, well, it's a little bit limited. It doesn't do what everybody wants, but I'm just going to I'm just going to put it out there and I'm just going to describe it in a way that it's going to appeal to people. I'm going to call it a box, right, that you store stuff in. It's cloud storage, right? And mm -hmm. you put things in it. You drop things in it. So I'm going to call it drop box. And so 
he came out with it, and his competitor at the time, who now admits that he blew it by by waiting and waiting and not just going with the brand, getting it out there, getting early adoption and getting people involved, he waited and waited and perfected and tinkered and everything. And he thought that the magic and the sauce was coming up with the perfect animal. But the magic and the sauce was creating differentiation, creating attention, getting people to notice it, getting people to try it. And then he would fix things on the fly. And then as demand grew, he would fix it. And resources grew, he would fix it. And as revenue grew, he would fix it. Where on the other hand, the, uh, the other gentleman was trying to perfect it, perfect it, perfect it, perfect it. Didn't put a lot of energy into the branding, into the marketing, and put it more into the technology. And it just kind of died quietly in the lab versus you know, making it into the public square. Has that been your experience? Have you seen that as well? Yeah, I've seen that a fair amount. And you start working with these software companies, and nothing's ever perfect. And so you just got to say, okay, it, it's good enough for the version one, and, and get going. And uh, otherwise, it's, I mean, it's it's fear that holds you back. And yes. everybody in, who starts their own business is fearful to some degree. And, and you know, there's that phrase that get get comfortable being uncomfortable. Well, <laughs> that's what it's like being an entrepreneur. You just right. got to go. And, and so – it's never going to solve everybody's problems. It's going to solve some people's problems. And then you add features and add, add more products as you go. But you got to get started. Yeah. You know, we had a group, um, and Jeff, you remind me of so many of my, my, uh, my young lions that, um, that are out to take on the world that have all of these ideas. And I try to capture this energy, you know, whether it's targeting. And in another case we had when it was a medical company that did um, medical reimbursement. So people actually needed like a knee replacement or whatever, and they were constantly getting jacked around. Um, the, the hospital had one way of looking at it, and the, the hospital would do one thing, and their insurance company would have, no, we don't want you to have that. It's, we want you to use this lesser quality one. And these guys would advocate. They, they supplied medical equipment. They said, no, that is not the best one for this client. They really need this. And everything I heard them say, they would say, well, we fight for our clients. Well, we don't do it. Well, we don't take this line down. Or we don't let people push our, our people around. And we stand up. to. And I, normally you would say, well, man, that sounds combative, right? Mm -hmm. So in this case, we said, well, why don't we take that? If that's how they are, don't hide it. Shine a light on it. They're combative. So we called them TKO surgical. And we said that their stuff was, you know, they were technically superior. And that stands in boxing for a technical knockout. And everything on their site now talks about going to the mat for your client, standing in your corner, you know, championing your cause, um, lifting your hand, helping you win. So it's very combative, but it's also very genuine, true, and congruent with what their brand is all about. And what's interesting is another company tried to acquire them. And they said that the reason we'd want to acquire you is because of your branding. It's so clear that you go to bat for your people, that you fight for them. So what was initially kind of combative and kind of negative was actually ended up becoming their brand attribute and what made them shine. So yeah, it's creating these points of differentiation so that seems like really yeah, creates no, that makes sense. I mean, you were talking about getting a 7% premium on the sales or so earlier in the, yeah. But, you know, you're on an acquisition that much more. And successful startups will sooner or later be acquired. Exactly. 
Exactly, and this is something else. You know, if you're if you're just if your name's on the door, there the question immediately arises: Well, do I get Jeff Burnett on this sale? You know, well, if you are the if you're Oz behind the curtain and it's triple twenty, and you've got a team and they all are drinking the triple twenty Kool Aid, um, then somebody can take that and just run with it, and there isn't that question of loss of value where you take a big hit because you're not there, or they require you to stay on two or three years because they're going to be freaked out that you're going to be gone. So Jeff, before well, we leave it's the also show, hard, like you say, it's harder to take a small company and scale it into a bigger one if you've if you've boxed yourself in on a uh, on a name. And and you said that earlier with the uh, the waterbed company, and they yeah. went bust. <laughs> so. yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. That was a uh, that was a bad situation. So um, before we um, leave off today, tell us a little bit about the, your perfect client and what it is that you do best when you're working your best with your best customer. You know, I, I like I was telling you, I sort of got into this because I saw some really sharp, interesting technologies that weren't ever getting the light of day. Because the the guys who were you know PhDs, smart engineers, just couldn't figure out how to how to get the traction. And so I was like, okay, well, there's got to be a need there, and it's also got to be a lot of fun to work with brilliant, smart people like that and help them scale a business. And yeah, it's not going to be right for everybody, but it's good to try and help people and and you know if I am not the right person usually I know somebody who is and so I've spent a lot of time talking to startup entrepreneurs and going to these uh you know uh incubators and such and and it's been a lot of fun you know and and uh, uh who knows where it'll go but it's it's been good while while it's been going on well great so what's the best way if someone listening wants to reach out to you and said man I could use my sales jacked up yeah um Ping me through LinkedIn or the, uh, the website, and you know I said on on some of the things that you know a free consultation. You know I'll have I'll have a meeting with anybody because I like talking about new products, and you know I'm not going to sign on everybody because I'm not going to be right for everybody. But you know if I can help an entrepreneur, startup guy, happy to do so because I mean I think sort of what goes around comes around too, and so you know that's the way you make a, a difference is by helping others. That's absolutely right. Well, listen, our time is up, Jeff. I'm so glad you were able to make the show today. Um, you've been well, a valuable well, contribution. Good talking to you again. Yeah, and so um, this is the kind of thing we do, and and I think Jeff is a great example of what it means to to brand and to brand well. So join us next week as we continue this conversation and the best techniques and the best practices and brilliant branding. And we look forward to speaking with you here uh, next Thursday. Thank you for listening to Brilliant Branding. Please join host Phil Davis and co-host Liz Heemstra for another edition of the program next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, stay brilliant. Brilliant.